young you called my name I tried to run but still you came and you stepped into the dark cause that's just the kind of God you are when heaven seems beyond my reach you still see eternity turning ashes into art cause that's just the kind of God you are it's in the empty tomb it's on the rugged cross your death defying love is written in your scars you'll never quit on me you'll always hold my heart cause that's the kind of God you are Good morning, church. Would you please rise for our first song?
Another week of fun, as well as hearing God's word here at 1C with Blast Ministry. So we still have several more weeks ahead of us. So if you know of something that would be blessed by coming to the camp, uh, please give us a call. We'll get you connected so they could be blessed. Uh, also, would you just keep praying for the camp? Because as kids come here, 
they get to hear the message of God's love. And there is no greater gift at all than that. So just pray that that would continue to happen and more and more kids get to know Jesus. Uh, boy, a couple quick announcements. If uh, Number one, we have a blood drive that's going from now until 2.30. Uh, if you are so inclined, you can go back to uh, where the uh, new kitchen is and the multi-purpose room. You can ask about the schedule and see if that would fit with your schedule. That would bless some other people. Also, if you notice up here, the stage is a little bit different. Uh, it's pretty well cleared off. Uh, we're ready for something that's happening. Um, Chris, why don't you... Something that we've been talking about for a while. Yeah, yeah. So uh, how's, how's the old song go? The boys are back in town? Yeah, the boys are back yeah. in town. The sidewalk prophets are in the building, folks. And they, uh, yeah, they're excited to be here. We're actually feeding them right now. They're having breakfast. And I actually watched an epic ping pong game being really? played. Really? Yes. And I wasn't there? You weren't there. Not yet. Okay. At some point, I'm sure you probably will be. He's probably but, shaking in his boots yeah. right now. So. Yeah, so the concert concert's at 7 p.m. tonight. Uh, if you guys have tickets, awesome. If you don't, you can get them at the door, or you can go online to sidewalkprofits.com. I do know if you use the code SWPDEAL, they'll give you 20% off your tickets. So that's pretty cool. But otherwise, it's 20 bucks at the door. It's going to be a lot of fun. Uh, last time they were here, you know, like I think you said a couple weeks ago, lives were changed. There were some people that were just blown away by it. It's, they're so much fun. Yeah, and, and I've been saying this. We really want you to come, okay? But we also want people who may not know Jesus. So if you're thinking here, you're sitting there, yeah, I got family, friends, neighbor, coworkers, classmates, somebody, maybe give them a call up and bring them with you. Because the gospel of Jesus, especially in this, the, the venue of music, is very powerful. So be thinking about that and come tonight, bring somebody with you and be blessed. All right, now, we uh, keep talking about a digital bulletin, and uh, that's where you start with a QR code. We also have hard copies if you want one out by the door. But you go through that pathway with your camera, and it'll pull up this digital bulletin. That'll have sermon notes. Uh, you can submit a prayer request. You can get to our website. Uh, boy, lots of different things. So use that if you would like. If you have other questions about things that are happening in the service and you don't want to go on to a digital bulletin, there's some cards in front of you that will explain things like communion, what do we believe as a church and how can you take communion. Uh, it'll also tell you how to submit a prayer request. And then if you are a guest, you know, I just want to say thank you. Thank you for coming and being a part of worship today. Whether you are in the house or online, we're glad that you chose to come and worship with us and we'd like you to come on back. Uh, but this will let you know how you can make yourself known, and if you have any questions, you can um, ask those as well. I think that's it for announcements. Uh, next thing is joy baskets. Um, I truly believe the Bible makes it clear. Every single person is blessed by God in some ways. In fact, the Bible talks about we have one blessing on top of another. And so what God takes great delight is in when you and me, in response to those blessings, we say thank you. And whether it's we sing our songs, pray our prayers, serve and help other people, or even as we give our tithes and offerings, God takes great delight. So let me offer up a prayer as we continue in worship um, and just ask God to bless. Lord, thank you again. You have given us blessings. Uh, the breath we just took is a blessing, a gift from you. All the things you have provided for us in our life, gift from you. 
And Lord, we pray now that this worship service, in fact, our entire life would be an expression of worship, thanksgiving to you for all that you've done. I pray, Lord, that you would bring to mind all these blessings and then that our lives would reflect a thankful attitude. So thanks again, Lord, and we pray all of this in Jesus' name. Amen.
Boys and girls, come on up front for the kids' message. You can make your way on up here. Have a seat on the floor. Hi, you want to have a seat? Yeah? You can sit down right there if you want. Or you can stand. <laughs> All right, well, hopefully you got one of these baggies on your way in. And if you didn't, I have more. Who did not? You didn't get one? All right, there you go. You're welcome. Does anybody else need You guys need a couple bags? You've got one. There you go for you. Got, oh, and there's another one for you. You need a bag. Anybody else need a bag? No? All right. Well, do you know what's in this bag? You guys are really smart. Yes, a mustard seed. And it's huge, isn't it? It is tiny. Did anybody think I was giving you an empty bag when you first got it? Yeah, because it's kind of hard to even find in there, isn't it? Tiny little mustard seed. But you know that, that mustard seeds grow into huge plants? They do. And Jesus talks about that. And he uses that to help explain what his kingdom is like. So let's read what that says, what Jesus says in Matthew chapter 13 in the parable of the mustard seed. He says, the kingdom of heaven is like a mustard seed, which a man took and planted in his field. Though it is the smallest of all the seeds, yet when it grows, it is the largest of garden plants. It becomes a tree so that the birds come and perch in its branches. Isn't that amazing that something this small can grow into a huge plant that birds can actually fly and land on the branches and find rest and shade and safety in the branches. Yeah, a huge plant that's like a tree. Isn't that amazing? You know, and Jesus says that's what his kingdom is like. And so Jesus, 2,000 years ago, he came as a tiny little baby, didn't he? And he grew up into a man, but he died on the cross for us and was buried in a grave, right? But that wasn't the end of the story. Three days later, he rose from the grave alive, kind of like a seed sprouts out of the ground with new life. And birds can find rest and safety in its branches. We can find rest and safety from sin, from death, from the devil through faith in Jesus. So when we have faith in Jesus, we become part of this kingdom of God. And Jesus also kind of started small when he chose 12 guys to help him spread the good news of the kingdom around the world. And it grew, didn't it? And it grew, and it grew, and it spread. Yeah. And sunflowers do that too, don't they? Yeah, a tiny seed grows into a huge sunflower plant. Yeah, and some of the seeds fly off. That's right. That's a cool thing about this seed. It can grow a plant that grows more seeds, and then those seeds scatter, and they become plants that scatter more seeds. And that's how we got to know Jesus and be part of his kingdom here on the other side of the world from where it all started. Yeah. Like a dandelion. That's right. Yeah. Those seeds spread and scatter and then I'm going around the yard digging up dandelions. Yeah. But when 
when we do it as followers of Jesus, that's a good thing, isn't it? Because we get to be a part of Jesus' kingdom, and we get to scatter seeds, small little acts of Jesus' love that, that other people can see and feel and experience that could grow into a huge plant of faith. So we can make a big impact, no matter how big or small we are, with the small little acts of sharing Jesus' love with others. That's pretty cool, isn't it? So you can take this the seed home with you, talk with your, your family about it, about how small little seeds, small little acts of faith can make a big impact in other people's lives. And you can decide what's that one little thing you're going to do this week to plant the seeds of the kingdom of God in someone's life. All right, let's pray. We'll fold our hands and you can repeat after me. Yeah, you can fold the seed in your hand. <laughs> and repeat after me. Thank you, Jesus, for the seed of faith. Help it to grow and help us to scatter seed as we share your kingdom with others. Amen. All right, boys and girls, thanks for coming up. You can head on back to your seats. So I love Greg's message about the mustard seed because if you've seen one of these or if you haven't seen one of these, ask these kiddos to show you because it's really small. But boy, if we had faith the size of a mustard seed, I wonder what this country would be like. If you watch TV in the last few weeks, you know that all we see is the negative. It's all about, you know, the inflation, the economy, da 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 We could go on and on. But what would it be like if we all had that faith of the size of a mustard seed and we could actually spread that among people? Maybe we'd bring people back to God. That's what this song is about.
listening to that song, I couldn't help but go back about 2,000 years and wonder what the disciples were feeling after Jesus ascended up into heaven and life got a little chaotic. There was persecution, there was trial, there was trouble. But Jesus gave a gift to help them during that journey, and that's communion. And I wonder if they reflected back on that moment when Jesus was in that upper room and he gave them this meal. And I hope that strengthened them in their journey. And I hope it strengthens you in your journey as well. And in preparation for communion, uh, I want to give every one of us an opportunity to profess what we believe. What we believe about our sin, what we believe about Jesus being our Savior from sin, what we believe about what is in this meal, and also what we believe in our profession of faith of how we're going to live our lives out faithfully. So I'd like to invite you to join me in professing this with the words that are up on the screen. So we share. I recognize and confess that I am a sinner. I repent of my sin and ask God's forgiveness. I believe that Jesus Christ is my only Lord and Savior from sin, Satan, and death. I believe that the risen Christ is really present in the sacrament and under the form of the bread and wine, I receive his true body and blood for the forgiveness of my sin and the strengthening of my faith and life. I resolve to dedicate my life to the service of my Lord in his body, the church, by regular group worship, cheerful giving, thankful living, and sharing the gospel with others. Amen. And uh, going back to what was in the beginning, it is through Jesus and Jesus alone that we can have forgiveness of sins. So be assured of what Christ did 2,000 years ago, he does for you today. He takes your sin and removes them as far as the east is from the west. That is good news. Our Lord Jesus Christ, on the night when he was betrayed, he took bread, and after he'd given thanks, he broke it and gave it to his disciples and said, Take and eat. This is my body which is given for you. This do in remembrance of me. And in the same way also, he took the cup after supper, and after he'd given thanks, he gave it to them, saying, Drink of it, all of you. This cup is the New Testament of my blood, given and shed for you for the forgiveness of sins. This do as often as you drink it in remembrance of me. And the peace of the Lord be with you always. Amen. And during the next song, we will have the distribution of communion. And if you have those individual elements, feel free to receive those elements, believing Jesus is present in this meal. And if you're coming forward for continuous communion, please do so. And as you come forward, if you desire either gluten-free or grape juice, please let the server know. And may God grant us such a faith to believe that these are God's gifts for all of God's people. Amen.
What do you want? What do you need? What have you done? Do you want to be free? Are you losing the battle? The battle with sin? Well, the master is waiting. If there's an answer, it's easy to find. Drop down to your heart and rest there a while. Right there in the silence, beneath all the din, you know the master is waiting. your personal call Don't try to resist it Don't try to defend You know the master is waiting Let down your guard Oh, once and for all You know that voice you've been hearing Well, that's your personal call Don't try to resist it Don't try to defend You know the master is waiting Master is waiting. 
Now may this true body and blood of our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ strengthen you and empower you for life, for mission, for ministry, all for the glory of God. Go in his name and in his love. Amen. Let us pray. Almighty God, we come to you this morning with humble hearts as we lift up our prayers from our 1C family. Healing prayers for my brother as he has completed his radiation and chemo treatments. And if it be your will, the test results be good. Jesus, thank you for providing good test results and continued treatment for Nancy. Please lighten the side effects of the chemo and continue to provide her with strength, healing, and good health. Continued healing of my ankle. Please calm the fears I have as I will be preparing this week to leave orthopedic rehab next Monday. Thank you, Lord. Prayers that my depression goes away or at least becomes manageable and also for the blood test to come out good tomorrow at my doctor's appointment. A prayer for a friend with cancer, for Bobby and John, for a grandson to just find peace, for my friend Todd, Help him as he recovers from a broken ankle. For me and my girlfriend, please bless us as we start a new journey together. For a seamless transition to change at work. Prayers for the family and friends of Dora Sherkoski who passed away this morning. She was one of the best at Columbus tour and travel. Lord, watch over our mother and keep her and her fellow soldiers safe so they can all come home to their families from deployment. For my best friend's family, that you may guide and help them through their difficult struggle. A special prayer for my brother who has been lost since 14 and is 60. Prayers that you may reach him and heal him from all his burdens drug and meth induced psychosis and a prayer for my husband that he may get a calling to join me here someday gracious God your grace mercy and love is abundant and never fails thank you for hearing our prayers and that we can turn to you anytime for peace healing guidance support and a relationship through your son, Jesus, who taught us to pray. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come, 
thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our trespasses as we forgive those who trespass against us and lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever and ever. Amen. I'm hoping this illustration will make sense to you when it's all done. In the beginning, you might be going, oh, no, here he goes again. But there's a, there's a purpose to it. Question number one. Does anybody know what my favorite professional football team is? Okay. <laughs> yeah. No, 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 the Packers. Now, do you happen to know the quarterback for the Green Bay Packers? Aaron Rodgers. Very good. Two questions, really good. I, I found out some news this week. This is breaking news. It was verified by Google, so it's got to be good. Ready for this? Aaron Rodgers is in a new relationship. Oh, wow. I know. I know. You got to get this. And you know the name of this new love of his life? Blue of Earth. And you're thinking, huh? Well, maybe when you see a picture of her, you're going to understand. Let's put the picture up. Okay, she's over to the right. That's kind of a tame picture of her. She just goes kind of all out. And I was a little curious about how this new relationship is going to affect him for the next football season. So I, I did have a motive behind it. So I, I Googled Blue of Earth, Aaron Rodgers, and I came across an hour and 10-minute podcast. It was a video podcast. So I got to see her and then this other person interviewing her. They talked a, a lot of different things. I didn't listen for the whole 100, um, <laughs> felt like 100 hours, uh, hour and 10 minutes. Get this. During the conversation, there was a moment, and it was enough for me to be done, where she says, you know what? I just want everyone to understand the truth of Jesus and of Confucius and of the Muslim faith, of the universal truth, because then you will have full understanding. And I'm like, uh-oh, this is not good. And some of the other things that she said, I'm not good. If you want to have a little fun, just go kind of watch that. But then you, you might need to wash your hands or take a shower. After. Honestly, I just felt like, oh, my goodness. But this is what we live in in this world where there's a lot of people out there that say, what's your truth? Whatever your truth is, that's good. We believe here at 1C there is one specific truth. And Jesus himself says it this way. I am the way and the truth and the life. No one can go to the Father except through me. So there's no other avenue, channel, or truth. And that's why we're doing what we're doing with BLAST. Some of you may know what it stands for, uh, but here's the, our, our graphic. This is our graphic of it. And it stands for this. Building lives around sound truth. Not any truth. Sound truth. That's why last week I spent a little time saying, you know, the Bible, God's word, the scriptures, it is inspired and inerrant for people like you and me so we know who God is, how he loves us, and the desire he has for his children. God did not want to leave it up for our, quote, guessing what we should do. 
So he gave us this book, Genesis to Revelation. It gives us a beautiful picture, again, of who he is, how he loves, and the desires he has for his children. And that's why we, we're, we're taking time every single day for several weeks throughout the summer here, inviting kids to come so they can hear this very important truth. Now, the master teacher of all time is Jesus Christ. I mean, he has used many other teachers. You know, God has used many teachers throughout time. But I'm going to hold Jesus up as the best teacher of all time. And what he did and how he did it was so revolutionary. He started painting the picture of who God is, how he loves, and the desires God has for his people in a very unique, beautiful way. One of the techniques that he used in teaching this truth was the use of parables. Now, here is my definition of parable. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. An earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Um, if you look up in what's called the Concordia Study Bible, if you're ever looking for a good study Bible where it'll have the text, the, the biblical text, and then notes on the bottom, the Concordia Study Bible is legit. It's really good stuff. And there's so many different helps in there. In, in fact, on page 1,690, I just looked at it this morning, so don't think I keep that stuff up there for too long. Uh, but page 1,690 is a list of the parables, 55 of them, where Jesus used an earthly story with a heavenly meaning, trying to help people like you and me understand this God that is so big, but he wants to bring it down so that we can understand it. So he uses an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. Well, the one that we're going to look at today uh, is the one that's found in Mark 4, or it's also found in Matthew. It's this idea of a mustard seed. Earthly story, and then he gives the explanation, the heavenly meaning behind it. So let me walk you through Mark chapter 4. And he said, this is Jesus, with what can we compare the kingdom of God? And we're going to come back to that in just a moment, okay? Important teaching. Or what parable shall we use for it? It is like a grain of mustard seed, which, when sown on the ground, is the smallest of all the seeds on earth. Yet when it is sown, it grows up and becomes larger than all the garden plants and puts out large branches so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. Hmm. Kingdom of God. It's a main theme in Jesus' teaching. Eighty different times we find the phrase kingdom of God. Most of them in Matthew, Mark, and Luke. And so this reoccurring theme of kingdom of God must be pretty important to Jesus, and he wants it to be important to us as well. So what is the kingdom of God? Well, I came up with a definition after I just kind of wrestled with different ways to say it. This is it. The everlasting realm where God is sovereign, in other words, he's in control, and Jesus Christ rules forever. Let me read it again, just I want you to let that sink in. This is my working definition. The kingdom of God is the everlasting realm where God is sovereign and Jesus Christ rules forever. The kingdom of God. Do you know where the kingdom of God is? Yes, 
but very specifically. Let me tell you the story, because I think we, even the people at the time missed it, and I think we miss it too. There was a time when Jesus was with a group of people, he says, the kingdom of God is near. And they're all going like, yeah, it's coming. No, 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 no. He might as well have said, the kingdom of God is near. I'm right near you. I'm right here. And so another definition that I say about kingdom of God is wherever Jesus is, so is the kingdom of God. So wherever he is. And we believe that he's right here by a gift of grace. So that kingdom of God follows us. It's with us. And it's a beautiful, beautiful, beautiful picture. All right. Mark 4.33. Now get this. With many such parables, he spoke the word to them as they were able to hear it. He did not speak to them without a parable, but privately to his own disciples, he explained everything. And as I mentioned, 55 parables, 55 moments where Jesus is talking about, hey folks, this is what the kingdom of God looks like. And he was speaking, and then he was taking time to unpack it for his followers. Here's another way for me, at least to understand the kingdom of God and what Jesus is trying to get at. The kingdom of God equals how things really are. Now, why do I say that? Because we live in a world that will tell us that there are other kingdoms that are better than Jesus. And so Jesus steps into this world, he puts flesh on as a babe, he walks amongst the people and says, folks, no, 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 no. Don't be thinking about like Rome. Don't be thinking about political power. Don't be thinking about those kind of kingdoms. The real thing about the kingdom of God is all about God's love for you, what he has done for you, and this beautiful relationship that he wants to have with people like us. He is King Jesus, and we're part of his family. And this idea of this kingdom of God and how things really are is not a new concept. We can go into the Old Testament. We can find this kingdom of God woven through the scriptures from Genesis all the way through, I always say Malici, right? The Italian prophet. Uh, but Malachi is the really the right way to pronounce it. But you find it in the Old Testament, you find it in the New Testament, and you find it even today. Here is Psalm 78. Give ear, O my people, to my teaching. Incline your ears to the words of my mouth. I will open my mouth in a parable. I will utter dark sayings from of old, things that we have heard and known that our ancestors have told us. We will not hide them from their children. We will tell to the coming generation the glorious deeds of the Lord and his might and the wonders that he has done. You see, from Genesis 3... At the very beginning, when sin came into the world, God made an announcement. I'm going to bring my kingdom. It's going to be there for you. And it's been the message ever since. So the psalmist, and this psalm, we don't know exactly who wrote it. It says Asaph, so it's probably uh, him. But, um, but the, the whole meaning behind it, we're going to declare the wonderful things that God has done. Now, does everybody see the kingdom? Does everybody Hear the kingdom? Well, Mark 4.10. And when he was alone, those around him with the twelve asked him about the parables. And he said to them, 
To you has been given the secret of the kingdom of God. But for those outside, everything is in parables. So that they may indeed see but not perceive, and may indeed hear but not understand, lest they should turn and be forgiven. I just want to push aside any misunderstanding. It's not as if God is up in the heavens and says, you know what, this side of the group, I want you to understand this thing about the kingdom of God, and I don't want you to know it. That's not what's being said. What is being declared is that some of you are going to get it, and some of you aren't going to get it. And because God is sovereign and God is all-knowing, he knows who's going to get it and who's not going to get it. But he preaches and teaches with such a passion because he wants everybody to know. And the thing about this Jesus, and think about what was going on about 2,000 years ago, he is not starting a new movement. Remember, he is reminding us of how things are. Right? The kingdom of God. God is sovereign, and Jesus will reign forever and ever and ever. No matter what we do, that's who he is. That's the kingdom of God. And what he wants us to do is to, by this really great invitation, step into this and say, wow, this is glorious. But as Jesus is telling the story here, there are some people that take a step back and say, I'm not so sure about this kingdom thing. And they're not going to see and they're not going to hear. Matthew 13. But blessed are your eyes, for they see, and your ears, for they hear. For truly I say to you, many prophets and righteous people long to see what you see and did not see it, and to hear what you hear and did not hear it. So there is that tension, there is this moment that is, I call it free will. I always say the greatest gift that God ever gave is the gift of Jesus. The second greatest gift is the gift of free will, and that is the thing that gets us in the trouble the most. And we see that free will evidenced in the garden. I, I joke about it, but you know, sometimes I wish, why didn't he just child-proof the garden? Take away the tree that they can't touch. But that would not be a relationship. He wants a beautiful relationship with his creation. He wants us to want to be part of the kingdom of God. And yet some people aren't. But as we were told, we will be blessed when we see it and perceive it, when we hear it and understand it. There is a blessing. Not everybody's going to have that. All right, so that's the first thing. And I want you to let that set in for a second. And just understand, you will be blessed when you see and hear this good news, and when you welcome it in, it's a glorious thing. But there's, there's a kind of a purpose for this. In fact, the second point that I want to say is that the kingdom of God is about providing for the welfare of all creation. God takes great delight when we get it, when we understand the kingdom of God, when we're in the kingdom of God. But there's more to it than that. And Jesus touches on it in a very brief way, and he says this, so that, in other words, all this really good stuff, so that the birds of the air can make nests in its shade. So track with me. This mustard seed of faith that he's going to plant in your life is for a purpose and a reason. So that the birds of the air, whoever they are, they could be family, 
They could be friends, they could be neighbors, they could be co-workers, they could be classmates, and they could, they could even, I don't even know if I want to say it, because you might not like it. It could be your enemies. People you don't like. People that if there were a hundred people in a room and you had to meet everybody, they'd be the last person you'd talk to. God has given you this mustard seed of faith for a purpose so that even that last person would get to know the kingdom of God and be a part of it. Let that sink in and maybe trouble you a little bit. Paul wants to stir us up a little bit in Philippians chapter 2. He says, therefore, if you have any encouragement from being united with Christ, if any comfort from his love, if any common sharing in the spirit, if any tenderness and compassion, then make my joy complete by being like-minded, having the same love, being one in spirit and of one mind. Oops, let me go back. Then make my joy complete by being like-minded. Okay, there we go. Do nothing out of selfish ambition or vain conceit. And here we go. Rather, rather in humility value others above yourselves. Not looking to your own interests, but each of you to the interest of others. One of the things about living in what I call the greatest country is we have so many blessings. And two things often happen when we're blessed like this. Number one, we expect them. In other words, we live entitled. And sometimes we take them for granted. Paul is pushing on some of the edges here. I think he is confirming what Jesus was talking about. You have been given this mustard seed of faith. You've been brought into the kingdom of God, and it's not just about you. You're brought in so that you can experience God's grace. This is wonderful. But there's more to it than that. That people like you and me would be alert and aware for the birds of the air that God allows to fly around you and sometimes even do the thing that they do sometimes, right? But to be ready to share this kingdom of God, right? God is sovereign, and Jesus will reign forever. But something gets in the way. I mean, this, this calling is so crystal clear in the Bible. You are blessed to be a blessing. I could say amen, but I'm not, because I still have a couple minutes. So, hold on. There's more to it. Something wants to get in the way. What's the one word answer that we can often answer? What gets in the way of us doing what God wants us to do? Sin. Okay, very simple. Isaiah 59. But your sin has made a separation between you and your God. And your sins have hidden his face from you so that he does not hear you. That's what happens. It happens in my life all the time. It happens in your life. Our sin, your sin, my sin, the sin in the world gets in the way. And I find what happens then is when sin does its thing, we start building all kinds of walls, all kinds of kingdoms. And you know who is the king of those kingdoms? Jim Thielen. 
That's what sin will do. It's all about me. It's not about the birds of the air. It's about me. When Jesus came 2,000 years ago, he, he came to deal with that sin, that separation, that tendency we all have to build kingdoms for ourselves. And when he said it is finished, it was finished. Sin was taken care of. The separation between us and God has been removed. And we're now connected again with this kingdom of God. Hebrews chapter 12. What comes before Hebrews chapter 12? Hebrews 11. It's just a really simple question. If you look at Hebrews 11, I really like it. It's just powerful. It's one story after another of where the mustard seed of faith was planted into the lives of different people. And if you want to have a little bit of fun, take a look at the list. It's a really, really, really great list. But then it transitions to chapter 12, and it says this. Do you see what this means? In other words, all of these things in chapter 11, do you see what this means? All these pioneers who blazed the way, all these veterans cheering us on, it means we better get on with it. Strip down, start running, and never quit. No extra spiritual fat, no parasitic sins. Keep your eyes on Jesus, who both began and finished his race we're in. Study how he did it, because he never lost sight of where he was headed. That exhilarating finish in and with God, he could put up with anything along the way. Cross, shame, whatever. And now he's there in the place of honor, right alongside God. And when you find yourselves flagging in your faith, struggling in your faith, go over that story again, item by item, that long litany of hostility he plowed through. That will shoot adrenaline into your souls. It's really a when. When, when you struggle in your faith, it's not an if, it's a when. Go back to the word of God. Pick it up, read it. Yeah, read it, but let it start influencing how you think and how you live. Let it start shape, shaping your 24-7 or how you prioritize life. Last week I shared with you another um, uh, Bible verse that was from the message, and I just really liked it. And you know, when, you, when you're the preacher, you get to put in whatever Bible verses you want, so it's, it's here again. And I just want you to let this sink in. Your lives, okay, when the Word of God is doing its thing in your life, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. So if you're sitting here today, and you feel like there's so much darkness around you, kind of like what... Chris said before we had that one song, yeah, we live in a world that's kind of dark, kind of crazy, kind of chaotic. He says, your lives will begin to glow in the darkness. Your shadowed lives will be bathed in sunlight. I will always show you where to go. I'll give you a full life in the emptiest of places. Firm muscles, strong bones. You'll be like a well-watered garden. A gurgling spring that never runs dry. Very picturesque. Both sides of it, right? The darkness and all that. 
but also this new life that God wants to give to people like you and me. And I do believe it begins when we understand about this God who is sovereign, he's in control, that Jesus is on the throne and will be on the throne forever and ever. My prayer is that we would grab hold of this today and tomorrow, and until we get to go home, that it would be our strength. So I invite you to stand. I want to pray for you. Pray for all of us. Oh, Lord Jesus, thank you again that you are the King of kings and Lord of lords. You are the victor over sin, death, and the devil. You have brought us from darkness into light. You have brought us into your kingdom and made us heirs of eternal life. But you've also called us to be ready to, to care for the birds of the air. And so, Lord, I pray that you would uh, pursue us and that you would bring to mind those people in our lives that are in need of this really, really awesome news. So work in us, Lord, and do a mighty thing. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Before we play our last song, we wanted to make sure we uh, invited all of you guys. If you enjoy the worship service, the music we play, we'll be at Lawn Chairs in the Square down in uh, Frankfurt Square on Thursday night. So come see us. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes. Because I know where I'd be without your mercy. So I keep praising your name at the top of my lungs. Well, I can't count the times I've called your name some broken. Showed up and patched me up like you do every time. I get amnesia. I forget that you keep coming around. There ain't no way you'll ever let me down. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes. Doesn't know where I I keep praising your name at the top of my lungs. Tell me, is he good? He's good. Tell me, is he God? He's God. He is good God Almighty. You say your love holds on forever, that your mercy never stops. So why would I assume you'd be somebody that Sun in the morning, I know you're gonna be there every day. So, what on earth could make me be afraid? Well, good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praising your name no matter what comes, cause I know where I
prison in the noontime, prison when the sun goes down. Love them in the morning, love them in the noontime, love them when the sun goes down. Good God Almighty, I hope you'll find me. Praise your name no matter what comes. Cause I know where I'd be without your mercy. So I keep praising your name at the top of my lungs. Tell me, is he good? In the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. Jesus in the morning, Jesus in the noontime, Jesus when the sun goes down. Have a great Sunday, everybody. Go in peace and serve the Lord. Well, good God Almighty, I hope you'll find.